everybody, Matt Johnson here, the creator and director of New Frequency, welcoming you to another episode of our exciting podcast featuring many plays and dramas. Every single Sunday night at 7 p.m. we'll be bringing you new episodes, so be sure to tune in at GetNewFrequency.com, and you can also subscribe to us on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can do that through the contact page of our website, so please go do that. It is Super Bowl Sunday here at the New Frequency program, and we are bringing you an episode about a real hero in the comedy Captain Necessary. Joining me to introduce it, I'm pleased to welcome is the mighty gridiron athlete, <laughs> James Napoli. I'm so glad we're audio only, so you can all imagine me as a massive, massive linebacker. <laughs> I mean, this is what the world wants to be doing on Super Bowl Sunday night, is staying at home listening to uh, Captain Necessary. Well, in certain time zones, the game will be over, and they'll be ready to pop this right on. Of course. James is the writer of this piece, so he's going to help me introduce it. Let's, let's talk a little bit about it. I know an underlying theme of this piece is sort of like early retirement and unemployment. Talk about, you know, how you kind of came up with it. And, you know, was that indeed a theme that you intended to have throughout? That's an interesting question, because when you write a piece, you have to sometimes come at it backwards and you have to come at the concept through the best type of character to tell the concept. I think you know what I mean. Of course. So um, what happened with this is, since Captain Necessary is about a man who feels ineffectual and becomes a kind of a superhero to deal with little societal wrongs, the whole idea began actually with being ticked off <laughs> that someone was going through the 12 items or less line of with course. like 23 items. Something that everybody gets mad at. That's what actually sparked the idea. <laughs> who, could, who could come to our defense and stop these kinds of things happening? Of course. But of course, the best person to go through a journey like that is someone who has spent their whole life at the same company, never been recognized, never had a voice, so that when they get canned, now they're going to come back full force and go after everything they see as right. a problem out there in the world. So one of the things I love about this piece, I think it's one of the things that that you and I did really well, if I must say, in all of our writing of the shows, was the way we sort of, you know, bend genres within pieces. This starts off as a comedy, but for me it has, has a, real, a real deeper meaning and some real dramatic moments to it. Yes, that's right. I, I, that's one of the great joys of working on New Frequency and being with you and the cast and all that they brought to it was, we like to combine, it's sort of like, when do you laugh and when do you cry? And, right. and where do you find the best moments to do that? So that we're gonna get you to uh, an Arthur Miller yes. <laughs> height of, of drama play, and then we're gonna bring it right back down to Benny Hill when we want to, you know? Right. So uh, yeah, I think genre busting is the best kind of storytelling because you want to guide your listener, viewer, reader, through as many different emotions as you can. Right. And I, I will just point out that, that, that James did just compare our writing to Arthur Miller and Benny Hill. <laughs> that was James that did that. <laughs> Which one do you want to be compared to? I don't know. Benny Hill, maybe? <laughs> I think Benny Hill's definitely, definitely the... Yeah, that's definitely a lot of our energy. Um, you know, uh, before we, we, we listen to the piece, let's talk a little bit about some of the performing in this, because um, one of our, we had a lot of guest stars over the years with New Frequency, and an actress that joined us for a couple of shows was Natalie Blaylock, and she's really featured nicely in this. Well, you look up Force of Nature in the Dictionary, and right. there is Natalie. Yeah. If I remember correctly, that shock of red hair of, of hers. Of course. 
and she just brought such a verve and, and excitement to everything she did. She was wonderful. Yeah, her voice in this is so great. When I was listening back to it in preparation, she's, she's, like, a, she's like a great I Love Lucy character in this or something. She's awesome. So you mentioned it. This piece is a lot about daily injustices and getting vengeance on that. So I think we should end with both of us talking a little bit about a daily injustice that we would love to avenge if we could pull out our inner Captain Necessary. I was thinking about that. And this would be really tough for Captain Necessary to go after because it's on the phone. Oh, I don't know how you reach these people, but when you get into phone hell, <laughs> yes. when you hit the wrong button or yep. you hit the right button, they put you on hold. You have to hit another six codes. <laughs> and the worst, the worst is when you call up and you you are asked why you're calling, you give them all that information, and then you get bumped to another person and you have to give all that information all over again. <laughs> right. Oh, I want to stop that. I, I think for me, I'll keep the grocery store theme, and I would love to stop those Trader Joe petitioners <laughs> that are outside every store. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, because by the time you get there and haggle with the parking lots, right. and then you go in there and you deal with all the happy, you know, you know, flower kids that work at the registers in there, and then come out and have to be bombarded with all a these. Petition. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, if you've never been to a Trader Joe's out in California where our show's housed, there are these people with petitions, and they have you know, pages after pages of all these petitions they want you to sign. <laughs> so I'd love to see Captain Necessary kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of move them along. Hey, you kids. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, James, for joining me for this one. This is a great one. You guys enjoy this. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Hope your team won. This is called Captain Necessary. <laughs> New frequency, a theater of the mind on the air. On the air. In three. It's coming. Pretty clever. In two. Overcome by a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful curiosity. In one. New frequency. It's like nothing I have ever experienced. How far would you go to make a difference? I guess it depends on where you are in life and what you're wanting to do. But you're about to meet a man who is going to do just that to try and make a difference on his own terms in Captain Necessary. I wouldn't have seen it going this way in a million years. If you'd have told me the day I married Fred Dombrowski that 27 years later I'd be sitting beside his hospital bed where they just took a bullet out of him waiting for the crazy fool to wake up so I can tell him, oh, I know, I know. Too much information, as the kids say. All right, I'll back up. If this started anywhere, it started when something else ended. Fred's job. <sighs> Marion, they're offering me early retirement, Marion. Uh, oh, that is good. Right, Fred? It's way of the world, I guess. You don't have to take it. No, I don't, but I don't respect them anymore. They're just like everybody else, my company. Mm -hmm. Back when I started, it was all about growing together. Now it's more cost-effective for them to set me up mm -hmm. for the rest of my life than to pay someone new for the next 50 years, cheap and with no health insurance. Honestly, Marion, I could never have seen the world going this way. Fred. Uh, screw it, I'll take their offer. Not just for me, honey, but for us. Hell, it's a gift, Marion. We're still in our 50s. The kids are grown and gone. We'll take it easy. Maybe do some traveling, be together. Oh, well, that sounds wonderful, Fred. Yes, yes. I'll, I'll just ease into it, that's all. Fred, I'm very proud of you. But if I could just... Uh, what is it, sweetheart? Well, my job, Fred. I'm still working. 
Okay. Well, that's okay. So we wait on the traveling. You're right anyway. There's no reason you should leave your job. It's very rewarding for you. Oh, thank you for understanding. I thought it might have burst your bubble. Oh, not at all, sweetheart. Not at all. Oh, not me. Oh, who was he kidding? His job was his life. And in the end, they didn't even pat him on the back. Nope. They just kicked him in the ass is what they did. Yeah, so long, Fred. Yeah, God, what are we going to do without it's you? It's not going to be the same without you, Fred. Yeah, damn straight. The only guy who didn't work is leaving. What the hell are we going to do? Yeah, well, never mind that. Fred, what the hell are you going to do? Fred? Fred, are you okay? Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. So, what are you going to do, big fella? Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'll just... <laughs> Spend my, my freaking kids' inheritance. That's what I'm going to do. They say some men are married to their jobs, but they aren't, really. Because at the job, the husband puts on a show. He never reveals what's going on in his heart. It's not a job, but a wife. His living, breathing wife that sees that. No. No, get away from me. No. Sweetheart. No, stop. What's the matter? No. No, stop it. No, no! Oh, oh, brother. Oh, it's okay, darling. It's just a dream. Oh, I was walking down the street, and this couple from another country came up to me. Mm-hmm. They were lost, and they were looking up English words in their pocket dictionary. Mm-hmm. They kept saying, Fred, Fred. What does Fred mean? But I couldn't speak. And then they looked up Fred in their dictionary. And you know what the definition was? Mm-mm. Nothing. It meant nothing. Sweetheart. Never mind. Are you getting up, Fred? Yes. There's got to be some place that's open all night in this town. Get out of here. Clear my head. Oh, so Fred went to the all-night coffee shop. Just to think, he told me later. Had I but known what he was thinking, what was formulating in his mind. But oh, when you... When you love somebody as much as I love Fred, you give them their space when they need it. Anyway, it was nine o'clock in the morning when Fred finally left the coffee shop. Oh, my. Another day, another dollar. Hey, hey now, little girl. Hey, hey, what's the matter, kid? Are you lost? No, I live in that building over there. Well, why are you crying, then? The boys over there, they stole my candy. What boy stole your candy? What, they stole candy from a girl? Uh-huh. One Powerpuff Girls lollipop and one package of caramel cream. Is that so? Well, we'll see about that. Good morning, fellas. Uh, whatever, old man. <laughs> yeah, I guess it must make you pretty tough stealing from a pint-sized girl, huh? We didn't steal We'll any. see about that. Hey, well, All right, what have we here? Caramel creams, mm-hmm. I'll take those. And I believe this... Is a Power Stuff Girls lollipop? That's Power Puff Girls, you nimrod. Hey, you watch it. Okay, fine. She can have her stupid candy back. Very good. Now, here's the rest. The candy that is rightfully yours, at least as far as I know. It's ours. It's ours. Yeah. All right, then. Now, I've righted a wrong here, boys. You've seen that, haven't you? Huh? There are a million little injustices that occur every day. And, well, <clears throat> from now on, one man is going to find as many as he can and do something good for this town. What do you think of that? Okay, mister. Good. And no more stealing. Remember, I'm watching you. You are? All the time. Run along now. Why is he watching us? 
Here you are, young lady. One Powerpuff Girls lollipop, one <gasps> box of caramel creams. Gee, thanks, mister. Don't mention it. Gosh, who, who was that? Who was it indeed? Oh, hell, you don't like to admit it about your own husband, but, well, something went a little screwy after that night he spent at the coffee shop. I saw it then, but I didn't do anything. Like I said, I love the guy. Uh, well, I'll be off now, dear. Have a good day at work. Whoa, whoa! You're leaving before me? Yes, I've turned over a new leaf. I'm making the most of every day. What's that bag under your arm? Oh, this? Just some supplies. You know, I'll be out all day. I didn't want to mm -hmm. get caught short. Mm -hmm. No kiss? Oh, <laughs> I do beg your pardon, milady. <clears throat> Mm. Love you, Marion. See you tonight. <laughs> See you tonight, gentle husband. This next stuff, let's just say it's pieced together from various eyewitness accounts. Hold it right there. Whoa, who the hell are you? This, my friend, is a supermarket, uh -huh. and that happens to be the ten items or less lie. <laughs> yeah? So? That's right, my friend. Peace. Hey, you know, what's that get-up you're wearing? Never mind that. My oh. keen vision can discern that there are no less than 17 items in that car. Oh, hey, get your hands out of my stuff, mister. What do you think of this, fellow shoppers? Fellow uh. shoppers, 17 items! Oh. Okay, fine, I'll go to another line. That's right. Be gone, purveyor of injustice. My friend, avenger of the oppressed! Hold it right there, ma'am. Uh, what? This is a public park, and the property is clearly uh, marked with a sign which reads, geez. Clean up after your dog. Oh, for God's sake, don't be so... Enough, madam. Pick it up. No, I won't. I don't Oh, let's to see how your fellow citizens feel about this. Good people, good people. See the flagrant disregard for our community. Uh, well, this is impossible. You'll I, be happy I, to know I can supply you with a baggie. Now use it. And remember, my keen eyes are the eyes of our entire community. Hooray! Uh, all right, all right, you made your point. What is that get-up you're wearing anyway? His costume. Well, it wasn't anything embarrassing. I mean, no tight nylon showing him his uh, unmentionables. No insignia on his chest. Just a mask, a snappy fedora, and a small cape. Not a cape like he thought he could fly, but a cape like Sherlock Holmes might wear on a foggy London night. This was what he went in around in on all those days when he left before I did. And before you knew it, people were spotting the mysterious costume crusader all over town. He came out of nowhere. This customer tipped me a lousy 8% on a $100 tip, and here comes the masked man telling him he better take better care of the workers in our community. Kaplow! Some butt munch was tailgating me, and this guy in the cave comes running out of the shrubbery, tells the guy to watch his step, that we don't need to contribute to road rage in this town. Ba-bam! My neighbors wouldn't turn down their music, and then the superhero guy knocks on their door. Well, they jam well stopped it in a hurry. I tried to thank him, but he said, No need to thank me. It's all in a day's work for... Okay, are you ready? His name, it was so perfect. No one but my husband could have come up with this name. Captain Necessary! <laughs> I've already told you. I was a little 
slow on the uptake. I'm sure that a part of me didn't even want to consider the captain necessary could have been my devoted, restless, retired husband. And so I didn't really notice at the time that the captain was slowly getting more brazen, no longer confining himself to injustice of the day-to-day kind. I remember that night over dinner as I read the latest news to Fred. Well... Mm. The Master Avenger has struck again. The what? What are you talking about? Oh, well, listen to this. All right. Captain Necessary, the mystery man who tells witnesses that he is acting, quote, on behalf of society, end quote, hmm. interceded to halt two more criminal acts today. Hmm, yeah, that's good for him. Yeah. In the first incident, a man who had been repeatedly stealing from a local blind merchant was collared by Necessary and hauled off to the local police precinct. Oh. The thief was alleged to have told police that Necessary was quite strong and quite rough with him. Well... Yes, you'd have to be uh, strong, Marion. Remarkable. <laughs> what was the uh, the second incident? Oh, yes, this one. Well, he really got carried away. That's so. Uh-huh. <laughs> In the second incident, the still unidentified Captain Necessary made a litter bug eat the French fries he had thrown onto the street oh. and succeeded in making the offender collect trash from passersby for several minutes while bystanders cheered. <laughs> I said, this Captain Necessary sounds like a formidable fellow. <laughs> a bit daffy. <laughs> oh, you, you think so? Well, yes, formidable. But Daffy. Well, Daffy, I guess. I'd call it Daffy. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I am responsible for where it went after that. You see, being slow on the uptake, I hadn't really put things together yet, and that Daffy comment just blurted itself out. In retrospect, I can see now that perhaps Fred might have seen that as an indication that he wasn't going far enough, (laughs) that he should, well, kick things up a notch. And I'm here to tell you, he wasted no time in doing so. Welcome to the coffee cup, sir. May I take your order? I don't know. How about emptying the contents of your register into this bag? Oh, uh, sir, you do not need that gun. Move it. um, Come on, come on, come on. Hold on. That's quite enough injustice for one day, buddy. Why, who the hell are you? Hey, it's Captain Necessary. I'd be glad to. Get what over the, here. What do you think you're trying to do, huh? Take that! Oh. Oh. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. The gun just fired wildly, everyone. And it only took me one punch to knock this miscreant on his backside. Hooray! On your feet, miscreant. Hands behind your back. Standard position for handcuffs. Damn you! Never mind that, potty mouth. Would one of you be kind enough to call the police? Yeah, sure, sure, I'll do it. Thanks, Captain Necessary. Oh, yeah, you're no, 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 no need to thank me, I'm happy to. No need, no By the way, the day he foiled that armed robbery, he broke in his new utility belt. The handcuffs were connected by a long, retractable cord, like one of those big key rings. Pretty snappy. But the problem was... The first time that he tried something more dangerous, it turned out to be too easy. That robber was probably nervous. Maybe he'd never even seen a gun before. But it got Fred all charged up. I mean, the captain got cocky. There's just no other way to put it. (laughs) Spare some money for drugs. Spare some money for drugs. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Did you say that you want money for drugs? Hey, you're Captain Essential Guy, right? Uh, Necessary. 
Did you ask me for money for drugs? Hey, I figure everyone else is just pulling your leg. Why not be honest? Why, that's terrible. You need to be in a clinic. If I give you $50, will you walk with me to a clinic? You mean it? I certainly do. It's my mission to end injustice in our town. You're all right, Captain. Okay, let's go. All right. On the way, perhaps you could tell me. Who sells you these drugs? Oh, Louie, Nick, any number of guys. I see. And where do they get it? Oh, come on, man. What? Well, geez, I don't know. I should imagine from Mr. Flynn. Mr. Flynn. Sure, he's a big man in town. I mean, whatever you want, Mr. Flynn's got it. He's got guys selling to kids these days, I heard. That is unconscionable. (laughs) Yeah, right on, man. All right, where can I find this Mr. Flynn? Oh, you ain't getting up there. The penthouse of the Royal Park building? Unless you can fly or something. Can you fly, man? No. No, that is not among my powers. Too bad. Well, here we are, the clinic, and here is your $50. Thanks. I am staying to watch you admit yourself. Okay, you watch away, pal. Thanks. Uh, Oh, hey, Captain Vital. Yes. You you really going after Mr. Flynn? Yes, I do believe the time has come for him to pay the piper. You got hooks, my friend. Watch out for beef. I beg your pardon? Beef. That's Flynn's bodyguard, man. They said Beef once crushed a man against the ceiling. Well, it's time for someone else to do the crushing, citizen. You go get him, big guy. I am so glad that I didn't know what Fred was up to that day. I couldn't have stood the suspense. But God bless him, he walked right into the Royal Park building, brushed the ineffectual doorman aside, and made his way to the penthouse. Sure enough, it was Beef who answered the door. Dear Lord, his name was Beef. Who in the name of Blazing Blue Hades are you? I'm Captain Necessary. (laughs) Captain Necessary, huh? Yes, perhaps you've been reading of my exploits. Reading? What's that? Never mind. (laughs) The point is, I'm, uh... Yes. Oh, yes, I'm an admirer of Mr. Flynn, and I would like his autograph. Yeah, that's rich, that is. Hey, boss, you got a fan here. Yes, that's right. Mind if I come in? Say what you will about Fred Dabrowski, (laughs) but the fact is, he's clever. He knows how to read people, and he knew how to get by old beef. So sure enough, he gets ushered into the penthouse. Oh, Fred, be careful. So, an admirer, huh? That's some get-up you got on, friend. Why, thank you. May I shake your hand? <laughs> Why the hell not? <laughs> oh, what, what, what is this? He was ready, Fred was. When Flynn went to shake his hand, Captain Necessary whipped out that retractable cord and handcuffed their wrists together. Hey, Beef, what's this guy doing? Hey, Mr. The Bunny costume was nice, but you've gone too far now. Come with me, Mr. Flynn. And Captain Necessary walked Mr. Flynn right out onto the penthouse balcony. We're going to go out on your balcony here, and you're going to show yourself to the people down there so they can see the man who is ruining the quality of life in our fair city. Oh, jeez, you nutcase. Undo these handcuffs, you hear me? No, sorry, Mr. Flynn. No can do. Ah, the hell with it. Shoot the idiot, Beef. Sure thing, boss. (laughs) My friend got hit right in the chest, and the force of the shot knocked him off the balcony. Because of that length of the retractable cord, Fred took Flynn with him. Well, as far as the balcony railing, anyway. And there was Mr. Flynn, his handcuffed right arm, lurching over the balcony with a great costumed Avenger below him, dangling out the open space 30 stories up. And then the most extraordinary thing happened. The people on the street below. Hey, that's Captain Nick! 
As the police siren started to get closer, Captain Necessary lost consciousness. And here we are again, with me, waiting for my husband to... <laughs> Fred? Oh, my dear Fred, are you with us? Oh, I'm here, Marion. What happened? Oh, the bullet nearly collapsed your lung, but they were able well, to... Oh, never mind about that. What happened with Captain Necessary? Oh, oh yes. Oh, of course we all know now that it was you. Oh, I failed, didn't I? No. I so wanted to bring that evil man down, but I failed. No, Fred, no. What do you mean, no? Well, everyone recognized you. So many witnesses. There was nothing he could do, and, and when the police got there, well, well, you were unconscious. But they thanked you, Fred. Thanked me for what? Well, they said you'd been, they'd been trying to get to Flynn on drug charges for years, and, and they couldn't do it. Well, now, thanks to you, he's going to be put away for attempted murder. Wow! But, no, Fred, you're lucky to be alive. Oh, now, there, there, sweetheart, I know, I you know. You mustn't I'm... get it into your head to do this kind of thing anymore. I won't, it's all right, sweetheart. I mean, really. I don't want to lose you. I know. Anyway, everyone knows mm -hmm. who you are now, yes, so you I, can't have a yes, secret I, identity mm -hmm, anymore, so there. I know. So you better not uh -huh. think that you can I, it's do this It's all right, anymore. it's all right, my love. Captain Necessary is no longer necessary. You see, I, I had that dream again. The one with the foreign tourists. They looked up my name in the dictionary again, and this time there was a definition, Marion. There was. Well, what was it? It was us. Me and you, Marion. Oh, Fred. Yes, sweetheart? You're my hero. Come on, people. You knew I was going to say that. New Frequency. Signing off in three, two, one.